Hi, and well, welcome to Fourth Dimension, where Jesus does it all. Here is April Anderson. I thought worship was just amazing tonight. Thank you, Mark and Ray. And I don't know your name. Well, I'm telling you, God has got you in a place that you're about to bloom. And God's going to increase all of this worship team just because they're faithful. God's looking for the faithful ones. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. And God, we, we say that you are worthy. God, you are so worthy of our praise. And God, we thank you because had it not been for Jesus, where would we be today? Had it not been Jesus for you stepping in at that midnight hour, God, where would we be? Lord, we sing praises to you. And God, we thank you. Lord, we need you tonight. Lord, just like what that song said, Lord, we need you tonight. Just like what we need water. Just like what we need breath inside our lungs. And God, we ask Jesus in this next few moments, Lord, that we're here with you, God, as we go into your word. Lord, I pray, God, that you would draw us close to you, Jesus. Because it's in the closeness that all of our problems begin to fade away. God, all of our fears begin to dissipate, Lord, when we're in your presence and we're close to you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you in this place tonight that he who began a good work in us, God, you're going to finish that work. And God, we thank you that it's going to be a good work. And God, we thank you that we're going to last long and we're going to finish strong. And God, we're going to come across that finish line, not halfway done, but God, we're going to run fully in your presence, fully in everything that you've created us to be. And Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. I'm like Shay. I need worship because many times we come in and there's so much that we've got on us and stuff that's been going on. But just like what Saul, he would call for David whenever he was disturbed and things was going on because that, that spirit of worship begins to just drive away all those fears and those anxieties. And it helps us to fix our focus on the one. And you know, when we focus on Jesus and His goodness and what He's calling us to, there's nothing impossible. Yeah. It's when those distractions try to come that we begin to sink, just like what Peter, you know, when he fixed his eyes on Jesus, he done the impossible. That's he right. done what the other disciples could not right. do because they wasn't willing to get out of the boat. But all of a sudden, when his eyes, you know, got on those distractions, this thing that sometimes the enemy throws at us, he began to sink, but it says that he called for Jesus and said, save me. And it didn't say that Jesus waited five minutes or waited a few minutes. It says immediately he reached out his hand and he pulled him up. And I think God, for in these moments, sometimes like when we meet him immediately, Jesus shows up and pulls us up. So it's so good to be here with you guys. Uh, I'm excited uh, always to come because I'm always blessed myself whenever I come. It's like a refreshing. And my water says that all that Paul got, drinking from deep wells. And um, this place is a well um, that when you are thirsty, when you are dry, when you are dead, you can come and you can get a drink of living water here. And you're going to leave changed. And, and I, I leave every time changed and more confident and feeling good because this is just family. Amen. So I want to talk to you tonight, if I, if I had to um, title this message anything, and normally I don't do that, but just because of what the Lord's been speaking to me, 
Um, I would title it, It's Time to Move. It's time to move. You know, all the way up here, um, it was like, I just, we was listening to this song, and if you have not heard this song, you may think I'm crazy, but probably when I pull out of here, I'm going to have it blaring. Um, and and that, that song is uh, What I See by Elevation Worship. Do you see what I see, that the grave is empty? Do you know what I know, that anything is possible? And um, I just, there's something about that song that whenever I'm listening to it, like, I could whoop a bear. You know, like, you know, try me, Grizzly. I got the Holy Ghost. You know, like, there's nothing in that moment when the, when the spirit and the anointing is moving that, Anything is possible. I mean, I was going 87 and a 65 and didn't even realize it. And that thought that was right there just never even paid attention. I was just, I was being transported in the spirit. I was like, I better put the cruise on because I'm a little excited. You know, and I, I heard the Lord it so plainly say, wake up, oh sleeper. Wake up. Because I'm on the move. Wow. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is on the move. And, you know, whenever I hear, you know, Ray saying that they, they're doing street ministry and all that stuff, I'm telling you, yes, yes, yes. We have got to get outside. You know, I just went a couple weeks ago and um, I've done a recording in Nashville. And uh, just with these guys, and I just, I absolutely love Paul. <laughs> uh, I actually met this guy in uh, the Apple store. Uh, the, Everly had dropped her MacBook. And, um, I mean, God worked it all out, but we didn't have to pay for all that. Thank you, Jesus. And, but in there, whenever I gave him my email, you know, hopecenterwomen.org, he was like, what is this? Can you tell me about it? And, like, I was like, oh. Sure. And it just opened up the door to begin to talk to him and come to find out he was a believer and uh, they they had been doing studio stuff like recording and stuff like that, you know, just trying to get um, testimonies out there, you know, what God has done because he said, I want to reach the people that don't come into the church. And so as we was in there, um, you know, and we was just talking and stuff, that's my goal as well is to reach those that won't come in here. You know, because there were so many times in my walk back whenever I was nine felony charges, uh, overdoses, uh, not raising my children, not knowing where they was at, all those things. Like, I wanted an answer for my problem, but church was never an option. Like, church was never the, the answer. And that was so, like, looking back now, it's so crazy because there is no other way. There's no other way but Jesus. I've tried them all and nothing works but just Jesus. And, you know, so it's like I want to be able to do that, to reach those. And, and I'm, I'm so excited, you know, whether it's out on the street ministry or whether it's media or, you know, whatever it is that God's calling you to, it's time to move. And, you know, another part that I feel, um, just not just evangelism, that I feel like I'm called to just to evangelize and tell people about the goodness of Jesus, but it's also to encourage the believers. It's to right. encourage one another because guess what? We're a team. Amen. We're a body. That's and right. guess what? They don't get fed and they don't get reached if we don't reach them. Right. 
And so the enemy's number one thing is to try to come in and try to tear down and try to discourage and try to break you down and to get you in a place to where you're not moving. It's in a place to where it's like you feel like the promises of God are gone. It's just the deception of the enemy that he comes through battles, through unexpected storms, through things that you know you didn't think would happen. And then sometimes it's just being so self-absorbed that you're just hearing you talking in your head. And you know, it's it's the things of the the tactics of the enemy that he tries to use, you know, talking smack to you and making you feel like that you're never going to arrive, that, you know, and maybe you've fallen, maybe you've messed up, but it's time to get up. You know, you might be down, but you're not out because Jesus paid the final price for you to get up again. Though a righteous man falls seven times, we rise again. Why? Because it is finished. It was done. And Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we could. And so another one of my goals is to be an inspiration and to inspire other people. Don't stop before you see the fullness of where God's taking you because it's going to be an all-out war. It's going to be all-out hell. But I promise you the promised land is worth the fight that you've got to give to get there. You know, And I'm telling you, God's got such a good plan for us and uh, a plan of ministry, a plan for our homes, all those things. But we've got to get there. So I just want to read. I was reading the other day, and I want to read. Uh, and I'm going to read a little, quite a bit of word. Um, one of the things that the Lord has been uh, with me about here lately is we got to get in the Word. Yes. we got to get in the Word, and we got to stay in the Word. Because the Word is what grounds us. The Word is what encourages yes. us. The Word is what convicts us. The Word hits the Word. And so many times, you know, the enemy has tried to get us away from the Word. Uh, another place that I feel like many people have been in is in a distracted place, in a place of compromise, in a place of uh, comparing ourselves, in a place of we've been broken down, in a place of strongholds being built up. And it's time for those strongholds to be torn down. And it's time for us to move from that place, that, that place where we've been sitting so long that we've become limp. You know, that place where we've lost our drive. And so the word is what's going to inspire us to, to get up and to move. So it says in 2 Kings chapter 7. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the gates. Why do we sit here waiting to die? They said to each other. So here we see that four people suffering from leprosy sitting at the city gates. Now, during this time, they was not allowed to go into the city because of their leprosy, because of what they had going on with them. And sometimes we can compare ourselves to these people with leprosy because sometimes, and, and many times, you know, addicts or whoever, we feel like we're, we can't be a part of a certain organization or Jesus or church because of what we suffer. And so we camp outside of the city begging and watching everybody else going in and out and being blessed and being free. And we just sit and we watch them day in and day out. And so all of a sudden, the, these men had finally come to a place that they're tired of being there. 
And many times whenever we get in one of those ruts, whether it's the rut of addiction or whether it's a spiritual rut or whether it's a comparison or whether it's condemnation or whether it's depression or whatever it is where we've been, sometimes we can get in a rut. And sometimes you have to get to a place, the only person that can get you out of the place that you're in is you. I can't preach you out. Shay can't love you enough out. Sometimes we've got to have a made-up mind that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired. And whether it's maybe the enemy's been attacking your family, can I tell you something? Just a few weeks ago, or however long ago, it was like one of those things my family had come in underneath attack, and it just had been going on and been going on and been going on. And finally, I thought, I had about enough. I've been given all authority over you and over my household, and I've had enough. And I'm telling you, devil, I'm drawing a line in the sand, and it's time that you got to go. And I'm telling you, sometimes we've got to get to a place where it's like, all right, I've had enough. I've had enough of seeing other people walk in their blessing out. I've had enough seeing everybody else possess their promised land. I've had enough of seeing everybody happy and peaceful and their marriage. But I've had enough. And devil, it's time. I've made my mind up and I'm moving. It's time to move. And so they looked at one another and they said, why should we sit here waiting to die? Verse 4. We will starve if we stay here. But if the famine in but with the famine in the city, we will also starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to this Arabian army. If they let us live, so much better. But if they kill us, we would die anyway. And so basically, they're like, okay, if we sit here, we're going to die. If we go back to where we used to be, we're going to die. <laughs> so why not move forward and move from this place that we're at and just see what happens? Amen. It's time to take a risk. Amen. It's time to take a risk and it's time to move out from that place where you've been. You can't go back where you come from. There's nothing back there but death, agony, agony, misery, all those things that you left, they still there. See, the devil tries to paint pretty pictures of Egypt. The devil's always trying to make you remember the good things about what was. He always leaves out the bad parts. See, whenever the, the Israelites, they was on their way out of bondage, they, they had broken out, they had come out, they came to a place to where, uh, I kind of wish we was back there. I, I know, man, we're out here and we're starving and like my belly's hungry and Moses, what did you, I mean, what is up with this? You know, like, I could eat meat back there. You're giving me some manna from heaven? Don't taste that good. Like, that fish and whatever else that they eat, you know, that was good. Like, I don't know. And all of a sudden, they forgot how hard of bondage that they was in. And how miserable that the enemy made their life. How they cry. They forgot the night hour when they would cry out to, to God and say, God, get us out of this place. Send us a deliverer. They begin to forget those things. See, that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to paint pretty pictures of Egypt, but he leaves out the misery. Mm-hmm. But can I just tell you something? There ain't nothing back there but what you left. Exactly. It's misery, mm-hmm. hell, agony, sleepless, restless nights. Right. But sometimes God will allow us 
us to get so miserable. Because see, this thing, we're constantly moving. We're constantly moving forward. We're constantly progressing. Because we're in a journey, right? And until we meet Him again, it never ends. Do you know what happens when you slow down? Do you know what happens when you don't move? I want you to think about, I know some of you may know someone, you may have it in your yard, you may, whatever, you may have a neighbor. But in the summer months, when you don't move something, a car got broke down, what happens to it? Things begin to grow up around it, right? Weeds begin to grow up around it. It kills the grass around it, all that stuff. It grows up. Why? Because just because that's broke down doesn't mean that things have stopped growing. That's right. And there's many times in our life where when we get broke down, we've got to become so tired of where we're at that we move. Come on. We was listening. There's another song that we was listening to that I absolutely love. You probably hear me jamming out to it if you're down the street after what I see goes off. But it, it, it's talking about, um, what's the name of it? Come Alive, Come Alive by Hope Doris, I believe. I don't know, I'm not sure. Uh, Come Alive, it's Resurrection Hour. And, and this one part of the song says, I'm running out of the grave. I'm running out of the grave. Sickness, get out of my way. There's healing, there's healing. And it says, uh, I'm running out of the grave. I'm running out of the grave. Strongholds, it's time that you break. There's freedom. There's freedom. And so all of a sudden, it's like you got to get to that place where it's like, I'm tired of looking at the tomb. I'm tired of being in this grave. I'm tired of having dirt through on me. And you got to get something on the inside of you that says, I'm coming out. I'm coming up and I'm coming out. I'm not staying in this place. I'm not staying in the pit when God's got a palace waiting on me. I'm not staying in addiction when there's freedom calling for me. I'm not staying in this hope deferred, depressed state when my God's got a good plan and a good purpose for my life. Amen. Sometimes you just gotta say, it's time to move. I can't go back where I came from because there ain't nothing changed. I'm gonna die back there. But I gotta realize that I that I'm in right now, I'm going to die right here. I die if I go back and I die if I stay. It's time to move. I got to get up from this place that I am in. I got to stir myself up in the Lord. I got to make my way to the house of the Lord where worship is going to drive back the spirits that's speaking in my mind. I got to get to a place with Jesus that I'm going to move out of this place and I'm going to move forward. And that's exactly what they began to do. They said, why are we sitting here? Have you ever come to a place in your walk with God where it's like, why, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Yes. Do you not see the blessings around you? Do you not see how far God's already brought you? Do you not know that He's still got a good plan? If He delivered me from the lion and the bear, who are you, giant? And who are you, oh mountain, that you will not be brought up because the same God that delivered He's going to be the same God that walks me out of this. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, we, we got to move. We got to get up. We got to go. 
We're going to starve either way. It's time to take the risk. Verse 5, it says, So at twilight, can I say something? In the midnight hour, right before the breaking of the dawn, do you know what? It always gets darkest yes. before the dawn. Come on. Before the beautiful sunrise of the next morning, it's always dark. It's like, man, is this ever going to end? And in, I'm telling you, it's in the midnight hour that God's about to move mountains. It's in that dark place where we get sometimes that God's about to show out like He's never showed out before. So at twilight, they set out. Come on, it's time to get up. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how dark it is. God is strengthening you and giving you power to move. So at twilight, they set out for camp of the Arameans, when they came to the camp, at the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. So all of a sudden they began to, and in the midnight hour, they're like, and right before the breaking of the new day, all of a sudden they set out and they said, we're going in because we I can't do anything but go forward. Did you know sometimes God will put you in a situation and in a place where you can't move but forward? Someone called me the other day and they, they're really, I mean, they're going through it. They're, they're going through it. And uh, I've been the same way, and I'm like, at, at times of my life. And she said to me, she said, you know, I'd get a divorce today. I would get a divorce, and I would leave him, and me and my kids, we would go somewhere else, and you know, I would. She said, but then I don't know where I'm going to go, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't know who's going to take care of me, and I don't know blah, 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 who's going to watch kids. And, and I told her, and I laughed, and she was like, it's not funny. You know? And I was like, yeah, it is. I said, because don't you know that you're in this position and you're pinned in because there's not another option. You gotta fight. You gotta fight for your marriage. And you gotta recognize that this is the enemy. I said, Do you know how many times in my spiritual walk? Because listen, did you know? Did you know that in my walk there's been times that I wanted to leave my kids? I was so I'm glad that I'm uh, they they better be glad. That they was born like later because if it had been earlier and I got all that, I'd probably have like they grew up to. I mean, they were fussing and fighting. Like, yeah. I was an only child, you know, and so like I was never around and I was raised by old people like my grandparents. And so like, I mean, I didn't even know that like that you're supposed to. I thought that you're not supposed to fight, and I only did fight. I'm like, I don't care who's got the remote. I mean, just. We're going to watch Barbie, okay? I'm going to make the decision. It's Barbie. And they're both going to drive Barbie. You know, it's like, well, you know, one agrees on this, and all of a sudden they'll jump on board, and then, well, no, I don't want that way. I don't know that you want it that way. I don't want that way. But so many times, like, prior, you know, whenever I first started, there was so many times that I wanted to leave my kids. There was a temptation just to leave. Because what did I always done before? I left. I abandoned you know, we got that fight or flight syndrome. Well, most of the time, I'm alive. I'm alive. Anything that's a problem, 
Anything that's an issue, I'm out. Because it's easier to run than it is to face your problems and face it yourself. Yep, come on. But all of a sudden, I told her, I said, there was times, you know, that I wanted to leave my kids, and I didn't have nobody to leave my kids because Mama would take them. <laughs> Mama would take them, you know, you go raise them, you know. We need to stop enabling, you know. But anyway, Mama like, no, I ain't taking your kids. You're going to raise them. And I would have left my husband years ago, years ago, because we're polar opposite. But I didn't have anybody else. I mean, I could have found somebody else, but that's a lot of work, and I really didn't want to work to do that either. Like, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who wants to go through date and I want to be forget that? You know what I'm saying? Like that awkward, you know, I didn't pass that. And it's like, I wanted to, but I didn't have any option to. And so, so many times, God will make you or allow you to come to a place where there's no other option but moving forward. And they had come to that place to where they was looking back. There was nothing but death back there. They was looking all around them. And they just had a few days left before they died right here. It's time to move. Then when they got in, when they made the move, they got in. And the army that they thought they was going to have to surrender to, all of a sudden was gone. See, some of you and us, we are not moving forward because we're afraid of what we're going to have to face. We're afraid of what will meet us on the other side. When the whole time, it's fear. False evidence appears right. real. It ain't even that. Wow. Mm -hmm. The thing that you're afraid to face is nothing. Because God's already got it and I need to And so, all of a sudden, I get there. And listen what happened. It said that the sound... The Lord used a sound to drive out the enemy before mm. they ever got there. Mm. Your praise is so important. Amen. When you come and you gather together, when you begin to worship, when you begin to let out that sound, all of a sudden it terrifies the enemy. Your praise, your even sometimes when we have to sacrifice praise, because can I tell you something? It's not always tiptoe through the tulips and smelling the roses. No, this is an all-out war sometimes, and one that we've got to fight because we've got an enemy against our souls that does not want us to move forward because he doesn't want to see us blessed. He doesn't want to see us prosperous. He doesn't want to see us happy. Why? Because his number one goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. But God said, Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And man, sometimes you're going to fight for that life. And it is worth fighting for. Amen. But all of a sudden, there's another place in the Old Testament where uh, when they begin to praise the Lord, it sent confusion into the enemy's camp. And see, the enemy doesn't know what to do with you when you just begin to just throw up your hands and say, God, you are worthy of my praise. God, I don't know. Oh, my soul, God, I've got so much sorrow and grief. But God, I am lifting you up and I am magnifying you. God, you are worthy. God, it's hell in my house. But God, you are worthy. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the mighty God that will move mountains for me. So God, I just lift up you in this moment. And when you begin to do that, it releases a sound into the enemy's camp that will drive it out of that place where he's trying to stay up the stronghold. Praise is what 
um, the thing about inner healing and stuff like that, like it just comes in waves. The other night, they, they played this song. I wanted them to sing this song like uh, last year. What is today's date, Bella? Yeah, last year, June 11th, last year. And it's that song, uh, what's that song? <laughs> anyway, it's a song about God we believe for it. Who the impossible will see a miracle. God we believe. Yes, we believe for it. Well, I believe for it. <laughs> and it didn't happen. And I hate it. I, I hate it. Past tense. I hate that song. Like that was a song when that song come out, I would blare just like what I do that. Do you see what I see? I would blare that going down the road. We believe for it. You know, all the way to the hospital to go see my mom, you know, with cancer. And so anyway, uh, it didn't happen. My mother, you know, went to be with Jesus and it is finished. You know what I'm saying? Because guess what? Jesus made a way, and I'm gonna see that lady again. And they better get ready for all child came up from 
two rows behind me. Who even knew that she watched me, which she was preaching the other day on TV, but like, but anyway, she came up behind me and like she got my arms and like was hugging me and I was like, okay, maybe this is how I'm gonna, you know, be able to deal with this. And no, it wasn't. So all of a sudden, our worship, one of our worship leaders, and it's dark where we're at now, and so like I don't know, but she just knew. She's and she's done this before, and she started talking about inner healing. And she started saying this thing that God was going to heal an area. And she said, April. She said, the Lord, the Lord said, sing. And I thought, I want to sing. I hate that song. And she was like, sing. Sing, April. The Lord wants you to sing. I just, you know, and he's going to, she said, I feel your heart. How bad did it hurt? And I'm telling you. Shay, it hurt just like the day that I walked in that room. I'm talking about, I did not realize that I could feel that much hurt in one moment. But that trigger just did it. And I thought, I can't sing it. All of a sudden, she started saying, April, I hear, and she said, this is so crazy. She said, I hear, kiddo, you got to sing. And I lost it. I began to just break all the way down because, listen, Anytime that I was afraid uh, to preach, she's done it here. When I was in this room, and I would be like, my heart racing, like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. Because, like, I know, like, and a lot of people will look at me like, she's tripping, she don't feel that way. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know I look pretty confident, but, like, it's all Jesus. But anyway, like, I would be, like, scared, you know, like, and then if somebody went before me and they was like a powerhouse or something like that, like in meetings that we would, uh, like other people speak, and I'm sitting there like, oh, Jesus, I can't do it now. Mama, every single time, <laughs> she would whisper in my ear, she'd say, go get him, get him. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Wow. So all of a sudden, like, when she said that, yeah. he broke it yeah. off. Yeah, it was
that was the last piece that was sticking in my heart. And I didn't even realize that I had a piece that I still, because listen, when they were singing that song, I was mad at God. I was. I was upset because I thought, I did believe for it, God. I believed for it, and it didn't happen. And I hate this song. But all of a sudden, and I broke up, please let me have a good memory because right now I hate you. You know, like, and I was, I, that, that is as real as I can be with you. This is me and God. And can I tell you something? Your hard heart, your anger, it don't scare him. Come on. It don't scare him away. He is relentless in his pursuit for Amen. your heart, for your life, and to make it better. And I'm serious. In this moment, I was just sitting there and I was crying and I was mad. And I was like, God, so mad you didn't do it. But God, please give me a good memory so I can go forward because I can't go back to where I was. I can't go back to addiction. I can't go back to anything that was before you. And God, I can't stay complacent in this daggum place that I've been. I got to move forward because I don't want weeds growing up around me and stopping me from fulfilling the fullness of what you've got for me. But I need a move. And all of a sudden, when he did it, because it still hurt a little. still hurt a lot at first. But after I got through singing that song, and I'm talking about like I was not singing like what I was right then. I was like, me for it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, but it was finished. And like the other day, yesterday, whenever me and Emily went and got our nails done, she, because listen, I and another thing that I didn't share, but like I used to listen to that song on the way down there. But the trigger that um, triggered for me was when my dad called me and he finally told me, April, you better come. My daughter was not allowed to go in, but she had been practicing this song. Everybody had been practicing this song for um, long. And I felt like that the Lord told me let it really sing to her. And it, it, they had to turn the, the, the mute on because mom was in respiratory failure and it was, it was loud, you know. And Everly was, was singing that song to her, crying. And they said that my mom, that was the only thing she responded to in that time, and there was tears right there. Mm. And just another quick, just because I've got the microphone and y'all love me. You know, the Lord gave me a revelation, Shay. I did not get there in time. I was on the interstate. My sister was there. My dad was there. There was a couple other family members there. But the baby, I was not there. And I was like five minutes away. And they called and they said, we need you to now. And I just lost. I said, I'm not going to make it. And I felt so bad about not making it. And the Lord spoke to me the other night in that service. And it's like, you give me a revelation why I wasn't allowed to be there. Because if God wanted me there, I knew I could be there. But I just didn't understand, like, why I couldn't be there. And the Lord told me, he said, April, he said, if you had been there and your mama had heard your voice, you would have made it hard on her to choose to continue to come. 
Mm. And he said, I'll let you treasure your last memory with her and her with you for that purpose. Mm. Because you are the baby. I'm glad he reminded me that. Like, I know Mama's smiling because I always told her she, she'll always have hope girls and all that, but I'm the baby. <laughs> I'm the firstborn. I'm the, I'm the promised child. I was, you know, I always give her a hard time about that. And I, I took it. Like when God revealed it to me in that manner that I would have made it hard on her because I would have begged her to not go. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I would have made it hard on her. And like it really gave me peace. And I could breathe. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, okay, I, I'll take that. And so when he said, when when they said it is finished, I thought, oh my God, Lord, you're healing my heart. And not saying that I don't miss her and I still, but like there was a difference because I, was, I didn't realize that I still had a place in me, Shay. I was really mad at God. Like, y'all, I've been here preaching. Y'all know I love Jesus, but I was mad at him. And that I didn't realize that, but that was going to keep me in that place. It was going to keep me in weeds. It was going to grow up in that place of my heart. And eventually, you know what a, a sore does? It'll fester and then it'll ooze. And it would have got all over a lot of the people that was close to him. You know what I'm saying? So, thank God. But my praise. that sat, And that was a sacrifice to me. To have to sing that song in obedience when my heart was hurting. It was a sacrifice. But it was one that drove the enemy out of that place where I was at. And so that's what happened here with them. It, it, it drove them. They, they went in and they're like... Where's everybody at? See, fear, false evidence appearing real. You thought the whole time that they may have took you into captivity, you thought you weren't going to make it, but the whole time as you was walking, as you was talking, as you was moving forward, as you was getting sick and tired of being in that place where you've been, as you begin to move forward, God was driving them out. And see, I'm telling you, as we begin to move forward into the promises that God has for us, this battle is not yours, but mine, says the Lord. I'm going to drive out what you can't. I'm going to move out the enemy from before you. I know you may be weak right now, but in your weakness, you can find my strength. And in your weakness, you're going to see that I am God and I'm well able to take care of anything that you can't. And so all of a sudden, they got in there. And you know what they started to do? Man, they started to eat. Can you imagine? It was a time of famine. They were starving to death, literally. Like weeks without eating, probably. I have no idea. And they was lepers. So when's the last time you got to walk into King's house and eat that big old chicken wing and eat that big old turkey leg and eat that mashed potatoes and gravy and corn and green beans? Y'all getting hungry and go ready to go get a burger? Well, guess what? I'm telling you, God has prepared a place for us to come and dine with him. We've been in a spiritual drought. We've been in a place where it's like, my God, I feel like I'm dying. My God, I can feel, I can hear, I can see. And God, I'm so hungry. And God said, I prepared a place for you that you ain't even got to work to provide for yourself. But I'm going to provide a table for you to come and take whatever you want from me. Whatever I have is yours. But I prepared a place for you to come and die like a king. Because guess what? When you come to Jesus, there's royalty running through your way. Don't you settle in no gutter when God's calling you to a palace. Don't you settle for anything less than God's best for you. And if it ain't good right now, I say it all the time, it ain't over. If it ain't good for you right now, 
brings you to the place you never thought you could be but always dreamed of. So all of a sudden they started to eat, man. They started, they started to take that loot with them. They were like, man, we gotta get some of this. You know what they do? They begin to take up all that. You can read it in there, and they begin to go hide it. So, cause they knew, man, this can't stay a secret for long. They gonna find out. Ain't nobody here. We gonna get ours while they get here. That way we have a little money to eat some more later. You know what I'm saying? Like they smart. They street smart. You live on the streets, you get smart. <laughs> and so all of a sudden they begin to do it and then they was like, you know what? This ain't even right, man. Don't you hate it? Especially those of us that we've been in the game, you know, we we in the hood, we're doing all that stuff. We we stealing for people and robbing people, man, we living it up or whatever. Maybe we're in the gutter, maybe we're looking for a hit, maybe we're feeding just old deed, looking for more, whatever. But all of a sudden you come to a place where it's like something in you knows it ain't right. Yeah, yeah. And they come to a place, they looked at one another and said, Man, this ain't right. We can't do this, man. We we gotta share what God's doing. Amen. We gotta share. And see, that's what this thing in Christianity is. That's right. We can't just eat all this up and get fat. We ain't called to get fat. We called to be lean, mean, disciple the machine. To go out and disciple the nations. To go out into the highways and the byways, the edges and the ditches, looking for those that don't know Jesus in a way that we do. Man, we can't just take all this. Man, this ain't wrong. We gotta go tell somebody what we found. We gotta go and we gotta tell somebody what we have found because everybody needs a taste of what we just got. Everybody needs to know that fear doesn't need to stop them. Fear that they'll never do any better than what they are. Fear. Can I tell you something? When I was sitting in jail with nine felony count charges, do you know what kept me many times from going to the altar? Fear of myself. Because the church lady didn't know me, and the, the, the praying lady didn't know me, and the worshiper didn't know me, but I knew me. And I knew that I could do bad all by myself. I didn't need the devil's help. They would just step back and let me be a mess on my own. You know, zero to 60, April won't mess it up. Why? Because I knew me, and I was just a mess up. But, so that fear of not being able to perform, that fear of feeling like I could never be a Christian, the fear of I could never do good for anyone. Anybody. I can't even do good for my kids. How am I going to do good for somebody else? I don't even know if I can do this thing called Christianity. What is Christianity? It's just following Jesus. I'm telling you everything that we ever need. I don't know who this is, but we need to take everything that we've ever known and we need to throw it away and say, teach me, oh God, because this thing, Jesus, is easy and it's not to me. He said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, religion will put on you what you can't do. That's but right. Jesus will put on you yeah. what you can do. Come on. Yes. I can do all things through right. Christ who gives me strength. Yes. I can get up again when I fall. Because it's a work in progress, not perfection. The perfect one is Jesus. See, don't that good news make you hungry for Jesus? That's what the Spirit of Jesus does. It makes you hungry for Him. See, religion tries to put on you what you could never attain. That's why that fear, the fear of not being able to perform almost stopped me. But I just needed somebody 
to come and tell me how easy it was to walk up in the enemy's camp and take back what was rightfully mine. I just needed somebody to tell me. I know it looks like an all-out army and you look real small, but God, as you begin to move, it's time to move. As you begin to move, the sound of your steps and the sound of your praise is going to drive the enemy out of what is rightfully yours. I'm going to the enemy's camp and I'm going to take back what's mine. I'm going to take my kids back. I'm going to take my sanity back. I'm going to take my home back. I'm going to take my finances back. I'm going to take everything that Jesus died to give me. And that's why we need people to say, man, I can't eat all this myself. I got to go tell somebody. Because there's somebody out there sitting at the gate. There's somebody out there sitting at the gate of their destiny. And they're not moving because they feel like that they're not welcome because of their leprosy. They feel like they're not welcome because of their addiction. They feel like they're not welcome because of their divorce. They feel like they're not welcome because of their gender. And I'm telling you, we got to go to the edge of the gate of the city and say, I want you to come in and look what I found and look what the Lord has done and he will change you right where you are. We got to go tell them. They're dying from hunger. And they're dying thirsty. Man, there's a table that our Father has prepared that we may come and dine with Him. But can I tell you something? In order for you to get it, you got to move and you got to find it. You can't give away what you don't have. That's why it's so important that you walk in freedom. There's somebody wanting to work for me right now at the Hope Center. And, I want, and I'm like, you can't give away what you don't have, huh? And you got a lot of zeal. You got a gift. Because guess what? The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We're still going to, he's not a father that takes away. We can still flow with him. You know what I'm saying? But I know what you're doing. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to call you up higher. I'm here to call you and tell you you got to move from the edge of the gate and you got to come on into freedom. And when you come and you find that freedom, you need to go get them. And you need to come work and you need to come do all the things that God's calling you to do. And while you're waiting, you need to start working. Start somewhere. What have you been delivered of? How far has God brought you? Has God given you your children back? Then you need to go and you need to find every woman going through that right now and tell your testimony. Have you been delivered from weed and alcoholism? Then you need to go tell everybody about that. There's a dirty, dirty little pill that's going around called Suboxone. And you know what? We're going to break the back of that giant. You watch what God does. You watch how it begins to fall. And you watch in the next five years the testimonies that you hear of people that finally got free. Because he who sets the sun free 
It's free indeed. Now again, I'm not on medication. Y'all. If you need what you need, you do what you do. But you take that up with the name of Jesus. I'm saying that's for me, and mine. Come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I and listen, can I tell you something? There was years that I struggled with lust and adultery. There was so I'm not here to say that. If you're taking that, let me tell you something. Jesus loves you so much that I'm in this place today, and He's the one making you hungry one more because there's another level of freedom that He's. I have you up here. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I draw a 
circle around you right now. That as I begin to use your testimony, oh devil, you can't have her because she's an underneath the covering of the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, God, for that. Can I tell you something? As she began to come off the medicines, she began to flourish. She began to hear the Spirit of God so closely. She began to move in things that I was like, whoa. God's beginning to lead her to pray for people and healing. She's hearing God, all that stuff. When she was first there, it was like she was there, but she wasn't there. Because the medicines was doing their job. But see, when Jesus heals you, and when Jesus sets you free, you don't need all that. Because it keeps you a zombie. But all of a sudden, as you begin to walk it out with Jesus, can I tell you something? Her gifting and her calling begin to come forth. And see, Amber, I'm just going to roll with it. Amber, how many times did you almost not do it because of fear. She just about talked her step out of there. She come down there in the office talking to me. We said, I mean, Amber, I think you're going to be all right. Amber, I've been there. And the enemy ain't in front of you no more. Because at the very sound of your obedience. Amen. The minute you come and said, I think God's calling me to Woo! let some of this go. We did all this under the doctor's orders and weaning. So, anyway. But all, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, are you okay, Amber? You feel it. Because he was sad. sad. And you know what she's doing? She's eating them turkey legs. She's grabbing that peppermint that's over there, you know, little peppermint. She's grabbing peppermint and she's eating and she's drinking and she's being married. Because the Lord has given her her joy back. That joy she felt like she never had, it's back. Amen. That's what the Lord does. And, I, I, and I'm sorry. I'm going to go right here just because I feel like we need to. And then I'll let you go home. Peter feels a crippled beggar in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. You could read all this, and it's absolutely great. The whole chapter of Acts 3 is good. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth being carried in. Each day he, would put, he was put beside the temple gate. Here we see another man that has had issues since birth. Some of us, we've had issues since birth. Can I tell you something? You did not, we did not grow up to be uh, anxious. We didn't want to grow up to be depressed. We didn't want to grow up with a spirit of rejection. We didn't want to grow up and be alcoholics. We didn't want to grow up and be addicts. We didn't, we didn't want to do that. Like, I wanted to have a good life. Not like the one I have now. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to have a good life. But I could never attain it because all of a sudden while I was young, the enemy started coming in. 
And sometimes even in the womb, those word curses that's spoken over you, the rejection that you feel as an infant, all those things start coming in at an early age. And here we see that he had a hard life from the beginning. 